0: Good evening. Welcome. Thanks for coming out. As always, good to see you guys. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, whenever I get an opportunity to share the word of God, uh, in my world, there's nothing greater than that, just to be with my friends and talk about the Lord. What else you got? So I I do thank him. And I just, uh, I will praise the Lord at all times, May his name always be on my lips. and Father, I mean that from the center of my heart, Father. I just want to live for you in every phase of my life, Father. And thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you for your Holy Spirit. Um, Just three things. Uh, I really didn't plan on doing this, but it's on my heart. So just to, in addition to the beams of sunshine that the Lord has given us, He's given me beams of faith today. Three, three things that I was really encouraged by, so I got to mention it. First of all, there's a, a young man uh, that we've been praying for, and uh, he was in hospice uh, for a while. And I just was told by someone this morning that he's up and around. And I didn't think that happened, you know. But praise the Lord, and he just reassured me that Richard, didn't I tell you that all things are possible? And I'm not saying he's out jogging or anything, but, you know, he's, he's up and at it. Uh, secondly, uh, a young man that we've been praying for who's uh, been dealing with uh, addictions. And as of today, he's 80 days clean. And for those who can relate, that's huge. And thirdly... Uh, The report that I got from some friends that uh, Miss Virginia was among the party goers today. And she's doing very, very, very well. So praise the Lord for that. So just got to mention those things. Uh, The Lord keeps showing himself faithful no matter what. And how we have a tendency to give up. But the God that we know never gives up. So again... Tonight, we're going to be digging into Daniel chapter 4, verses 1 through 18, Lord willing. Daniel chapter 4, verses 1 through 18. And I'll read, and then we'll just come back and dissect it. Daniel chapter 4. To all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the most high God had worked for me. How great are his signs, and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace, I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts on my bed and the vision on my head troubled me. Therefore, I issued a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream, but they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last Daniel came before me, his name is Belshazzar, according to the name of my God, and him is the spirit of the holy God. And I told the dream before him, saying, Belshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you, and no secret troubles you, explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretation." These were the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong. Its height reached to the heavens, and it could be seen to the ends of all the earth. Its leaves were lovely, its fruit abundant, and in it it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it. The birds of the heaven dwelt in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head while on my bed, And there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches. Drip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts get out from under it and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and roots in the earth bound with a band of iron and bronze. In the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beast on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man. Let him be given the heart of a beast, and let seven times pass over him. This decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men gives it to whomever he will and sets over it the, the lowest of men. Excuse me. This dream, I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belshazzar, declare its interpretation. Says all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able, for the spirit of the holy God is in you. So, in in this, what we're going to see, and I'm really looking forward to where this is going to take us. Uh, if we get there, Lord willing, uh, because you'll notice that as this begins, and I'll explain uh, later on as we go through it, the drastic change that takes place here as far as Nebuchadnezzar's heart. And you will see, and in, in, again, let's just dig in. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar the king to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. This statement belongs at the end of chapter 4 and the reason that I say that is because Nebuchadnezzar's statement is a result of his experience in this chapter and you'll see as we go along that you'll see a a, a heart transplant a spiritual heart transplant for Nebuchadnezzar and what the Lord will do in Nebuchadnezzar has done can do he will can in us as well I like to think that everyone here tonight is a believer in Jesus Christ. But the one thing that the Lord has taught me as a result of the fellowship that we get to have with others, don't assume anything. So Richard, when you get a chance to teach, preach, talk, fellowship with your sisters and brothers, go basic. You can't go wrong because the gospel is simple. It's not complex. And so to sit here and not go into the, the, the very base of what this is all about, I don't consider that to be rightly divided. So, because of what the Lord has instilled in me, uh, I'm going to say some things. Well, everybody knows that. I, I can't really say that. You know, I, I know that the people that I'm seeing are familiar to the church. Do they have a heart for the Lord? I don't know. I can't know. My heart wants to say, well, of course they will. Why would they be here otherwise? But you've heard me talk about in the past how people do come here for different reasons. And that reason may not be to find out what the Lord wants to say, what the Lord wants to do in their lives. It may be a social event, even with this sparse crowd. There may be somebody who's here who needs to understand the basics of what the Lord is doing in their life and ours. So, uh, in verse, uh, back in verse 329, you don't have to read it, I'll just, I'll just go for go read it out. Therefore, I make a decree that, that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made in ash heap, because there is no other God who can live like this. Now, with what Nebuchadnezzar is saying following this, we would have to go back to really understand how that, that should have been at the end of this message. But that's not what happened. In chapter 3, uh, verse 39, Nebuchadnezzar expresses a conviction. Here, he gives a personal testimony. There was a decree. Here, it is a decision. There was a conviction. Here it is a conversion He sends a message of peace to all people, nations, and languages of his kingdom. He's not speaking of peace among nations. He has already attained peace of heart, which comes to a sinner when he knows that he has been accepted by God. It is peace with God. Nebuchadnezzar's peace and tranquility were restored to him. And there's a couple of verses I want to compare, but we're just going to move on. Verse 427 said says, therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of his prosperity. These are the, the, the verses that follow, the verses that we're going to go to tonight. And it may sound a little bit confusing, but what I'm trying to do is show you Nebuchadnezzar's heart at the beginning of this. In Nebuchadnezzar's heart at the end of this particular uh, passages four thirty four at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, and I bless the most High and praise and honored him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Now, I just want to reference a couple of scriptures. And then we'll get back into the, the, the direction that we're going here. We're not going from this direction. It's just that I just want to give you some more things to think about as we go through this. Uh, Romans 5, 1 says, I therefore have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. Ephesians 2, 17 says, he came and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who are near. Not a respect of person. He gives it to those who are far off. Well, he's a sinner, he'll never receive what I receive from the Lord. No, my friends, that's not the heart of the Lord. The heart of the Lord is to bless you, bless you, and bless you. Even if I don't trust him, it's, it's called uh, the heart of God. And he's going to continue to bless you Why would he bless me if I don't trust him, if I don't believe in him? Because he's sovereign. You heard me say it probably every time I've been here, but because he's sovereign. That's why he does. You know, he reigns on everyone. He reigns over everyone. And we need to understand what that really means. Going back to chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar was eager to add the, the God of these men to his list of deities. In chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar would learn that their God was not one of many, but the only true and living God. That is true for us today. Even though we do have idols in our lives, there's only one true and living God. One high and mighty one. One. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And the decree of Nebuchadnezzar only gives priority to the God of heaven. He has not accepted him personally. That's what I encourage us to do. It has to be a personal relationship with Jesus Christ we can't go in on someone else's coattail we can't go in on someone else's good name someone else's good heart we have to have a personal relationship with him for ourselves Nebuchadnezzar makes himself the defender of God rather than a believer of God he has had no personal experience with God though he has been impressed by what he's seen and when we talk about signs and wonders It's not going to do it for us, ladies, gentlemen. It's not going to do it. Signs and wonders is never going to be enough for us. If he shows us, or when he shows us signs and wonders, we always say, Well, I'd like to see greater signs and wonders. So where does it end? And now, as our pastor said this morning, it's not seeing and believing. It's believing and seeing. It's not seeing, but it's about hearing hearing the word of God. And we can see miracles, we can see signs, we can see wonders. That is not going to do it for us. Because we're wrapped in the flesh, it's never going to be enough. We want to see more lightning. We want to hear more thunder. We're never going to be content with what he's doing, what he's showing us. He acknowledged that only God could perform this miracle. Nebuchadnezzar knows this. He's acknowledging that the God is a God of miracles, but has he accepted him as personal savior? Not at this point, but he will, just like us. And uh, last few weeks, uh, pastor's been talking about uh, conditions, uh, uh, things being conditional. And in this case, the Lord says, every knee will sh- shall bow, every tongue shall confess. That's not conditional, conditional promises I'm telling you this, but there are no conditions attached. This will happen. This is a fact. There's no conditions attached to the fact that you will accept him. Well, if this person accepts him, no, friends. When the person accepts him, and they will. And this is why we need to be about our Father's business, encouraging. I know you. those who were here this morning, you heard it. We need to be out there. We need to be Uh, encouraging we need to get the Word of God out there to everyone no exceptions well this guy's been like this for many years he's not going to change I'm sure that everybody in this room went through that phase as well oh no he's never going to change he's always going to be a drunk or druggie or whoremonger or whatever the case may be and we all had those issues And there were people who gave on us, gave up on us, but grandmother never gave up. Grandmother never gave up on you guys. She prayed then, and if she's around, she's praying now. If not, there are people who are praying for us. And those people that I mentioned earlier today, just before we started, praying for them every single day. And I do believe in the power of prayer. And I get to work with a a bunch of men also that believe in the power of prayer. So the prayer that's coming out of this this building, this temple, is fervent prayer. And even though you may not be aware of it, somebody's praying for you even now as we sit here. Somebody's praying for all of us. So don't ever, ever give up on anybody because God would never, ever give up on you. Nebuchadnezzar is going to experience conviction again in chapter four. We will hear his personal testimony of conversion. Now, currently, uh, verse 2. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is saying this, but in the verses to follow, we're going to really see his heart. We're going to really see, see what causes this man to tick. In verse 4, Nebuchadnezzar was at rest. He says, I, Nebuchadnezzar. Now listen for this, please. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts of my bed and the vision of my head troubled me. Eight times in these two verses, Nebuchadnezzar uses the first person pronoun. I, me, and mine. They are used 22 times in chapter 4. These and the following verses reveal he is an egocentric maniac. And today, uh, those of us who follow what's going on in our world talk about how the world is trying to uh, cause us to create new uh, pronouns and drop some of the standard ones. But this is nothing new, nothing new. There are people among us today who don't use those words, who don't use we, our, us, me, mine, me, I. And I refer to that as the dreaded me monster with the eye disease. And that's basically how some of us respond to each other. There are people that, you know, if you listen to them carefully, everything is centered around them. I, me, my, mine. Even though there's other people involved in their lives, they just don't use it. So Nebuchadnezzar is not, did this, and, and some of you may not look at this as a big thing, but Nebuchadnezzar, everything was about Nebuchadnezzar. Everything. Continue on. And this dream came when Nebuchadnezzar was enjoying a period of outward peace, outward peace and plenty, while inwardly a storm was brewing. There was peace outwardly, but inside there was no peace. And I, I just pray for us who are living that way. I just pray for us who allow that to be us. How's it going, brother? How's it going, sister? Oh, the Lord is good. He's blessing me beyond measure. But inside... It's totally different. We need to be honest with one another. We need to be honest. I need to know, not your personal business, but I need to know where your heart is so I can pray for you. And I pray for you regardless of whether I know or not. The point is, let's be honest with one another. We all got struggles. You guys heard that this morning. We've all got struggles. No one is immune to struggles. No one has it all together. So let's just be totally honest and, and, and by being honest with one another, we're honoring the Lord. And if we honor the Lord, he will honor us. If you honor the Lord, he will honor you. So let the pride go. I'm struggling. You know, I shared with a couple of the people today. I struggled last week with some things that were going on. And I'm usually a pretty up kind of person, but Mm, not so much <laughs> that last week, but it felt good just to be able to share that with somebody, you know, and uh, it, it, it was such a relief to be able to do that. It's not something that I can talk about. I think I've, I've done all the Lord wanted me to say now about that, but it's just that, not that I thought I was beyond that, but I realized that it can happen to anyone at any time. And it was good just to be honest and outward with what was going on. And, and just continue to pray about it. Verse 6, Therefore I issued a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream, but they did not make known to me its interpretation. Now this is much different from what we read earlier. With Nebuchadnezzar in the dream, not only did he want them to interpret it, he wanted them to tell him what he dreamed. And now things are a little bit different now. And even his attitude towards that is different because you can't tell me what I want to hear, so I'm going to put you to death. And now this is just just a little different. The Lord is, is working on him, And we can see the change just like he works on us. And these wise men, call in, they were calling again, and this time they were told the dream, but they, were, they are unable to interpret the dream. This time they were honest by admitting that their inability to explain the dream, they knew that it was God who gave both of these dreams to Nebuchadnezzar, and only God can give the interpretation. We, we need to trust him in everything. We need to trust him. We need to trust his word. We need to understand his will and his way, and especially his timing that's where we lose it because of his timing we have a, a a date set we have a calendar we've already marked it in ink and this is it i'm not moving from it and sometimes the lord says you know your timing is not lined up with mine and so you're going to have to I, I won't call it a compromise you're going to have to give in and if you don't there are going to be consequences and it's hard for us to understand that. But Lord, how could you not bless my plan? Because the plan that you have is not necessary in your best interest. And he will make his plan known to you. But the problem is you've got to be able to listen. Some of us have a problem with that. Some of us have a problem listening not only to the humankind, but to God as well. We have trouble listening. We have our plan, and we're going with it no matter what. And sometimes it goes awry, and we don't even realize it because we're so steadfast. We're going in with blinders on into what we want, and that may not be the Lord's will. So continue to pray. Verse 8, but at last Daniel came before me. His name is Belshazzar, according to the name of my God, and him is the spirit of the holy God and I told the dream before him, saying, Belshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you and no secret troubles you, explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and in its interpretation. So as when Daniel was called in, Nebuchadnezzar had learned to rely on him and probably intended to call him to check the wise man's interpretation that one had been given. For, but for this reason, God may have caused the wise man to be unable to explain the dream. Nebuchadnezzar had learned that Daniel was a spirit-filled man. And that interpretations were given him by God. Daniel had made it clear that God had revealed the first dream to him. The Holy Spirit alone can reveal the divine truth. So that applies to us. The Holy Spirit alone can reveal the divine proof. And when we say, you know, I don't have a peace about this. I'm not sure if this is what the Lord wants from me, of me, through me. That's a flag, my friends, and we need to acknowledge it, regardless of what it is. It may be something that we've done over and over and over again, but he's speaking to us saying, this is different this time. This is not a status quo. You need to listen. You need to learn. You need to be obedient. And all of those things we struggle with. We struggle with listening. We struggle with being obedient. We struggle with acknowledging him who knows all, who can do all. We struggle with that. And if I were to ask any one of us, why do we struggle with that? More than like the answer would be, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I struggle with it. I, I, I trust him, but, well, back up. You trust him, but... I trust him, period. That's what it's got to be. That's what your heart has got to say to you, and you've got to live it. You've got to mean it. You've got to respond to that. Uh, reference, I reference uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, 10. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed to, him, to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things Yes, the deep things of God. Are you allowing the Spirit to search your heart? You can't hide it. There's nowhere that you can go that He can't see your heart. There's nowhere you can go that He can't hear your heart. He's there. He's there. And when we acknowledge that, it will cause us to be honest with what we truly believe. First Corinthians two, fourteen. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Are you trusting in him? Do you really believe him? Do you consider him the only high and lofty one in your life, in your heart? If you do, then these things are going to be revealed to you. And don't ignore the signs that the Lord's giving you. Don't ignore it. If he's speaking to you, listen. Listen, learn. Obey. If he's speaking to you, you need to be aware of that. Well, I prayed and God never answered my prayer. How do you know? How do you know that he didn't answer your prayer? Well, because he didn't give me what I wanted. Well, there may be an answer right there. How do you know? Sometimes we're so selfish like Nebuchadnezzar was, I me, my, mine, until we don't consider the fact that someone knows better than us. I'm pretty smart, so I really know what I want in life. Do you know? Nebuchadnezzar was smart. Jonah was smart. Samson was smart. Ruth was smart. Esther was smart. Did they have flaws? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Them and those and many more. They had flaws, Daniel. Daniel was smart. Did they mess up? Of course. did the lord receive them of course but why why would he well the word says god is love and if god is love when god is love not if when god is love he just continues to love on us no matter what let's not beat ourselves up when we stumble let's not beat ourselves up when we fall Let's think about when we define failure, who's really defining what failure is? Not God. Well, brother, you don't know what, I, what happened to me today. You don't know what I did. And I could say, it doesn't matter. It does matter. But God never stops loving you. Never stops loving me. And I had to be reminded of that. You no, know, and and I, I, I trust him in everything. Still, there's that tendency. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. It doesn't make any sense, does it? If you love me, then why would you leave me? I love you, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you believe that? Do you trust that? Verse 10, these were the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong. Its height reached to the heavens and it could be seen to the ends of the earth. These verses center around a tree. Verses 10 through 16, center around a tree. And this tree grew taller than heaven and wide enough to fill the earth. The tree evidently was an evergreen for its leaves were fair. It was a fruit tree for the fruit was eaten by all. It fed the earth. Beasts stood in the shade and birds rested in its branches. A tree in scripture can represent a man or it can represent a nation. The mustard tree in Matthew 13, 32 represents Christians today. What does that say? It says, another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. This is Matthew 13, 31, 32. Like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in the field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Now, in this, we talk about the animals eating the fruit and the birds nesting. And what some of us have learned about a tree, we have to be concerned because the most, some of us, all we know is it's a bad sign. It's a sign, a place for the birds to rest. And birds don't give some of us a, a positive attitude to what this is all about. But we have to understand that from a, a scriptural standpoint, God has a plan for this. He has a plan for that tree in your life. He has a plan for that tree in my life. And now, what we are required to do is to be, to manage how that tree is used, what that tree is used for. And like anything else in life, we can use it for good or for evil. And this may not make sense to some of us, depending on what you've been taught, but now you have something to say about that tree. And in, in this case, the olive tree, In this, this olive tree represents both Israel and the Gentiles. Now, this is getting into a different area now because this is beyond where the curtain was torn and where we, we were issued in, uh, ushered in as, as part of the, the, the Christians, as a Christian, the Gentiles. In Romans 11, 16 to 24, I read it. For if the first fruit is holy the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. If, if the, if the tree is holy, if the first root is holy, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Do not boast against the branches, but if you do boast, Remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. I'm taking care of this tree. No, the tree's taking care of you. We got it all backwards. Now we're making this about us, what we're doing, how great we are. And the Lord is saying, No, no, the root supports you. You will say then, Branches are broken off, and I might be grafted in. Well said. Because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Well, he said that he's going to take care of me. Yeah, but where's your heart? He's going to take care of you if you have a pure heart. If you have a strong desire to honor his will, his way, and his word. If you have a strong desire for that, he will take care of you. But as I said earlier, God honors those who honors him. We want to do what we want to do, yet we want God's approval. We want him to bless it. We have to be careful with that. When we start doing things like that, now you've got to ask yourself, wait a minute, who's God in this equation? Is it him or is it me? And there's only one answer. And if you got the wrong answer, you're headed the wrong way. Therefore, continuing in in Romans, therefore, 22, therefore consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell severity, but towards you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. See the trend? Goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also may be cut off, and they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to uh, graft them in again. Second chance? Yes. Third chance? Yes. How many chances, Lord? Well, I'll just, let's start with seven times 70. How's that? Just for starters. And we'll just go from there. And he just keeps giving us chance after chance after chance. I'm going to give you a chance to get it right, Richard. I'm going to give you a chance to honor me. I'm going to give you a chance to glorify me and not boast about who you are, what you've got, where you've been. I'm going to give you that chance. There's only one response to that. Yes, Lord. And that's it. Just continue to trust him. Verse 24 in that same chapter, for if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more would these who are natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? Are you a true child of God or are you a pretender? Are you really living in the faith? Or are you playing church? Are you saying what's good to one side of the, your, your life cycle And something different to another side? Are you lukewarm? Are you double minded? Do you have a divided heart? I just pray that we're all careful of that because any of those things are leading to destruction. If you have either one, any of those flaws, you're headed for disaster. God wants you, He wants you on the right track. Is the desire of your heart to be on the right track. He's going to give you a choice. He's going to give you a choice, and that's sometimes where things go wrong. How much more would these who are natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? And this tree represents Nebuchadnezzar primarily in his kingdom of Babylon. The king and kingdom are inseparable. Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom are inseparable. And I often talk about spiritual growth through separation. And the Lord will do that. He will separate you from that person or that thing, or even perhaps that idol, just so that you can grow. And he will do it in a way that suits you and you alone. But Lord, why would you take away this this person? Because they were limiting your growth. Or you were limiting their growth. And he will, he will make that split, and he did it in, in his word. And we could think of uh, Paul and Barnabas. Wow, what a great team. They, were, they accomplished a lot together. But the Lord see fit to split them up, to separate them. And as a result, they were more beneficial to the Lord separately. And he will do the same thing with us, regardless of how close we are to that loved one regardless of how close we are to that friend, he will allow us to experience spiritual growth through separation. So accept that. Accept that what he's doing. He's not punishing you. He's not making you suffer. He wants to grow you. He wants to teach you. He wants to have a better person from you. He wants to give you a heart that says, Lord, whatever you want, I'll do it. And he will take away those limiters. He will take that governor that governs how far you go, how brave you are, how energetic you are. He will either give or take away depending on his need, his desire for your life. We need to learn to accept that. These things are difficult. The the tree was honed down. A band of iron and brass was put around the stump to indicate it would grow and flourish again in seven years. Why seven years? Because that's the number of completion. The heart of the ruler or the tree was to be changed into that of a beast. Hmm. The fall of the tree represents the coming time of God's judgment on Nebuchadnezzar. The basis with the nucleus of the kingdom is still in existence in later verses and will later sprout as in nature. The ban is a guarantee that God will protect what remains intact and preserve the king's rule. He's going to protect you. He knows the good in that. He knows the good in the stump that it's going to bring about more life, more fruit. And he does the same thing in our lives each and every day, each and every moment. So when you get an opportunity to encourage somebody, do it. Well, I'm a little busy now. Maybe I'll just pray for him tomorrow. If he wanted you to do it tomorrow, he'd have told you tomorrow. He's saying pray for them. Say hello, say good morning. Do whatever you need to do to encourage my people. And we all need encouragement. All need encouragement. I think about uh, the times that I've had conversation with some, some of the people in the body, and they say, well, you guys are already covered. No, we're not. We are covered, but not in the sense that you're referring to. You know, it means that, you know, we're protected from all these things that you are. Not necessarily. We pray up. We stay prayed up. We believe in being pre prayed But there's still things that happen in our lives. If you look closely, you'll notice that we're flesh, just like you. We're prone to things just like you. Pray for us. Pray for us. Pray without ceasing. Have you prayed lately? Well, I don't really have anything to pray about. No one should ever say that. Ever. Nothing to pray about? (laughs) Wow. Ah, boy. Verse 17. Uh, this decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, gives it to whomever He will, and sets over it the lowest of men. The Almighty God. Almighty God. The Most High rules in the kingdom of men, gives it to whomever He will, and sets over it the lowest of men. Why the lowest? Why not the highest? The last shall be first. What does that mean? So because I'm really smart, I'm really, whatever it takes, whatever the world says I need to be in order to be the man, it doesn't apply in God's world. Not at all. So we have to be careful, you know, when we have a tendency to overlook certain ones because of physical appearance. And as the pastor talked about this morning, how we judge each other based on what the eyes see. That shouldn't be, folks. Should not be. There's too much going on as a result of that. We're judging people by our eyes. Could can never do that. If we were able to judge the heart, then we got a shot. But we don't know. We don't know that person's heart. And so we make the decision who's worthy and who isn't. Verse 18, this dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belshazzar, declare its interpretation. Says All the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able for the spirit of the holy God is in you. Nebuchadnezzar is finally starting to come around starting to understand that this is all God. He understood from the first interpretation that that his wise men, his astrologers, his Chaldeans were not worthy. They could not make those decisions. And as a result of that, he, he chose to put them to death. And God uh, gave Daniel favor and Daniel was able through the Holy Spirit to interpret that for him. And as a result, he was able to sustain them and, and the last time that we, we got together, we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire furnace and how the Lord had blessed them. And then the question was asked, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, where's Daniel? Daniel was taken out so he wouldn't have to go through that. And that's what the Lord has for us. I'm going to take you out of this so you won't have to witness this stuff. Going to take you out. And then, for depending on where you're from post trib, mid trib, pre trib, it might be a little confusing as to what he means by that. But just ask questions ask questions about what that really means. And if anybody has any questions about it, you know, I'm no scholar but we can make an attempt to allow the Holy Spirit to impute into us the real meaning of what this is all about. I'm going to get you out of here before the rapture. Really? So Daniel was taken out so he wouldn't have to experience that. But God sustained Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as only he could. They believed him. They trusted him. They honored him. They obeyed him. And that's I won't say that's all, but that's what he asked of us. It's not too difficult. It's going to cost something. It's going to cost us something, but it's worth it. Because he's going to take a lot of pain and suffering out of our life. Not all. It's not going to be a bed of roses, regardless. But he told us that. So... Can we understand what he wants from us? Can we understand? And can we at least make an attempt to honor him in everything that we do, everything that we say? We need to be the same person on the outside of these walls as we are inside these walls. She's really a nice lady at church, he's really a nice guy at church. So, what are you saying? Well, he's a little different outside. I'm not quite sure what that means. I'm afraid to ask. But we do hear that. It shouldn't be. shouldn't be because that way you're faking it. You're faking it inside the wall for the Christians. But when you're with your carnal friends, you're a different person. So they don't even know that you're a Christian. There's no indication at all that you honor God in your life. None. All they know is he or she is just like us. He or she does just what we do. They're no different. I don't see any difference. I've heard that he goes to church. I've heard that she attends church once in a while. But I don't see anything. And these are the kind of people that allow us to become discouraged. I won't say us, I'll say me. And I do become discouraged when I see that. I see somebody who's, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Here, or other churches and then outside it's on the contrary so we'll finish up with these verses watchers are holy ones watchers and holy ones are in order of created intelligences the watchers are the holy ones who administer the affairs of this world they see all they hear all and they tell all. A true believer is constantly under the eye of God. Are you a true believer? Do you believe that you're constantly under the eye of God? Do you desire to be under the eye of God? It can be very challenging because now we're gonna think that we have to live a perfect life. He didn't ask for perfection, he asked for maturity growing, aiming for the mark. Will you miss from time to time? Absolutely. Are you going to continue to aim for the mark? Absolutely. That's what he asked. Psalm 139, 11 through 12 says, Surely the darkness shall fall on me. Even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day, and the darkness and light are both alike to you. Are you afraid of the dark? And I don't mean physically. Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, I, I I don't want I don't want to inherit. I don't want this darkness to be inside of me. I want to be light. Because according to Scripture, darkness cannot inhabit where the light is. Be that light. Be that light, no matter what. The watchers were to execute the decree that must be done for the three following reasons. Reason number one, the most high rules in the kingdom of men. Nations rise and fall to teach mankind that God rules and overrules the kingdom of this world. God will continue to set up and cast down rulers, rules, and overrule until the kingdom of this world becomes the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will continue to do that. God rules and overrules the kingdom of this world. Believe that. Trust that. Number two, God gives to whomever he will. God disposes of these kingdoms according to his own will. The powers that can be are ordained of God. That's a hard one for us. The powers that be are ordained of God. and In our world, that equates to obey authority. But don't you realize how evil that person is? Yeah, God knows. Yet he put him in, in charge of us. That's his concern. In Romans 13, one refers to that. Let every soul be subjected to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. This verse is a clear statement of, of Paul. God controls the final issue in permitting the our present rulers to hold whole office only God raises up and only God puts down only God raises up and only God puts down that's tough to, to swallow God why wouldn't you put somebody in there that I'm going to like I don't know I hope he'll answer that when you ask that question He might give you an answer that you won't like. And the third one, God sets it over the lowest of men. And this statement, uh, this seems to be a statement made with bitter irony. Many men that God put in authority seem to have obvious flaws. Reference to one, the ladies and the gentlemen that I mentioned earlier. Yet God put them in those positions. Why would God put somebody in position that has flaws, you ask. Hmm, well, do you think you might have been a better uh, person to put in that position? Well, I got flaws, so do they. Now, did God say that their flaws are, are less than yours? Not necessarily, but God has a tendency to know the things that we don't. He knows the deep things Deep things of the heart. The forefathers of this nation did not establish it as a kingdom because they believed that no one person could be trusted to rule. Is there anything new? No one person could be trusted to rule. And for those of us who've been around long enough to understand and to see what's going on in our world, understand that that's, that's going on right today. Today. God has a plan for us. He has a plan for this body. He has a plan for each individual. And he's going to carry it out. And it's not a matter of whether we want him to or not. He is going to carry his plan out. I'm going to ask again, and I'm not expecting a yes or no. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? I want to read one more verse. And then we're going to go out and play in the sun. Um, And I'm going to explain to to you this, uh, why I'm reading this particular verse. Um, Had a a kind of a challenging week last week. Uh, I was confronted by someone with muddy feet who walked up one side and down the other. And it really affected my heart. And so I was complaining. And uh, there was a a song, an old hymnal. I once complained because I had no shoes. And then I met someone who had no feet. So that helped me to put in perspective. I I was complaining and the Lord gave me uh, uh, us an opportunity to go to uh, uh, ball, a ball game. I don't, I don't want to say softball, the ball was this big. And they were kids who were mentally challenged in every way. I should, no, let I me, mean, physically challenged in every way. You know, I, with the eyes. So he just showed me, Richard, see these kids? Any of them could be you. And it broke my heart because I saw babies with air tanks, oxygen tanks. I saw kids with hands and legs that were non-functional from my perspective. And I know some of you are wondering, why is he telling us this? Because... Because of the things that I was complaining about, he gave me an opportunity to see kids, young kids, who we would call deformed. And it just helped me to put a lot of things in perspective. And, and I just felt the need, need to say that because he'll do the same thing for you. Be careful if you can complain because you have no shoes. Go out into the world, and the Lord will show you something to encourage you. How can you be encouraged by that? He helped you to put things in perspective. He helped Nebuchadnezzar to put things in perspective. He helped Nebuchadnezzar to see that it's really not all about you. Not all about you. I could have you being any of those kids that you're looking at right now, that could be you. How many of them honor the Lord? I don't know, it doesn't really matter to me. But yes, Lord, thank you for showing me that. Thank you for showing me Nebuchadnezzar in this chapter, how he did not honor you the way he should how he fought against you in every way, how he, tended, he wanted to believe in himself more than he wanted to believe in you. I've given you an opportunity to go out and share the word, my word. And I haven't given you any reason or excuse for not doing so. So go and proclaim the gospel at every opportunity. And as a result, he's given me the same message for us us all of us go out and proclaim the gospel at every opportunity well i really can't because i've got so many other things i got to do so what are you saying that god is low on your priority list the word of god the will of god the word is that low on your priority list you might need to go back and rethink this and i'm not saying every waking moment should be doing that. But the word of God, the way of God, the will of God should be a priority in each and every one of our lives. If it's not, we need to be more prayerful. Lord, what must I do to be saved? So I just wanna encourage you folks, when you think you got it bad, Look around ask around pray that the Lord will show you how to get your life back in perspective very important so Lord I, I just pray that uh, if I've said even one word to discourage my sister or my brother father that you would just take it away right now and I just I'm so thankful for this opportunity to share and, and Sometimes I I struggle with giving out anything personal, Father. I just want to just keep it to myself. But you've encouraged me to share it with my sisters and my brothers. So if those one among us who thinks that they're the only one that's struggling, Father, I just pray that you encourage them that they're not. Those of you, those among us who think that you've left them or forsake them, Father, I pray now that They will be aware that your word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You cannot lie. You're always with us no matter what. So I thank you for your word tonight, Father. I just uh, pray as always that it was rightly divided. And I just pray that my sisters and brothers would become closer to you, Father, as a result of some things that we said tonight. I know I have, I know I will desire my heart is to honor you all the days of my life. And I just pray that uh, there will be other Christians among us who feel the same way, who have the same heart. So again, we give praise and honor to you for who you are. We give praise and honor to you for whose we are. May you receive the glory of all that we do and say throughout this day and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Thanks for coming out. If anyone has any questions about anything that was said, feel free to come up and ask. We'll try and answer it as best we can. If there's anyone among us who has not accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, I pray that you will come running now asking, what must I do to be saved? I can't save you. I can't even save me. But I can pray and encourage you to seek the Lord. He can. He can save you, and he can save your friend, and he won't hesitate. God bless you guys. Thank you.